Hey, welcome back to Season 2 Potential Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to read, watch, play, and talk about hockey. Steve, on this episode, we want to welcome back our special guest, the goaltender for the Fresno Monsters out of USPHL, Heath Goldsmith. Heath, thanks for jumping back on with us. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for jumping back on. And you listeners, you just listened to the episode with Heath, hopefully, uh, a few days ago. And uh, we talk a lot about the USPHL West playoffs on that one and what he's looking forward to in the future with his uh, basically his future college hockey career. So um, if you're interested, definitely look back and listen to that episode on this episode, boys. We're just going to shoot the shit. And uh, this is kind of a. a guess a bonus episode to the last episode and i know we were all excited and horrified and i don't know what words you want to use about the jonathan quick trade <laughs> um, yeah shock just well yeah. so yeah. okay so here's one thing i will say before this okay um and this will get some mixed reactions even from this crowd here but my montreal canadians were terrible about um, loyalty contracts, okay? It, for for quick, it's hard for me to understand why you would let somebody who essentially, to me, besides you know some other pieces of your team, like one of the faces of your franchise, go. Mm-hmm. Um, but his numbers, you know, at the beginning of the season, we talked about this, and he was doing well, and then he he just wasn't clicking. His numbers were going down, right? They were going mm-hmm. down. So. When the trade was happening, as like again, me being a Montreal Canadiens fan, we we gave out, oh gosh, like five or six. We were still we still got a few. Like I don't get me wrong, I love Brendan Gallagher, love Brendan Gallagher, but his contract's gonna kill us over mm-hmm. the next five years because he's just constantly injured the way he plays the game. So for quick, when I saw the trade happen, I went, ah, they're trying to upgrade for a playoff push because they know that team's getting a bit older. Like they got some good young pieces, but they want to try to keep it going for a bit more so was i shocked i was yeah no i i I could see it coming but in the back of my head i'm like somebody else is going to snag him that knows that that push of him getting out of la was going to elevate his game yeah Uh, when i heard it was columbus at first you know people were freaking out i'm like he's not going to suit up like there's no way we why you know, why would he suit up for Columbus? And Columbus is smart because you just turn around and flip them for another pick anyway, right? Well, they, so they didn't want they didn't want him. Uh, yeah, that's that's come out in recent days. Yeah, that they they basically were forced into taking him by Rob Blake uh, of the Kings, which which that even makes the trade even worse. And <laughs> and then and then hearing that uh, from Quick himself that Rob Blake had never spoken to him about a trade. After Rob Blake comes out and says, yes, we have spoken about it, that, that's really bad on the Kings organization, to be mm-hmm. frankly honest with you. That's and, shady. Uh, and I hope to God that uh, he gets to play the Kings in the playoffs and he sweeps their ass because that that would be the ultimate <laughs> that'd be the ultimate uh, fuck you to them. Uh, you yeah. know, just I mean, look at him. He's played three games, has a shutout, has a nine three nine and a one nine seven. Yeah, game. I was just looking up his stats. Like, like yeah, he's like, he's, and I've been, and I've been saying this for months that he's 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 still able to play hockey, but you have to play him. You can't just yeah. sit him on the bench and expect him to play every fifth game or every tenth game and be like, 
oh, he's going to be that old Jonathan Quick of pass. No, you look at Jonathan Quick in history. When he plays a lot, he's in the 900s. When he pl- doesn't play a lot, he's in the 800s. It's just how he works. Uh, it's how yeah. a lot of goalies work, to be honest. But no, no, you no, can't. It's, it's hard to like the hardest position. You know, sort of to sidetrack here is backup goalie when you just yeah, don't yeah. know when you're going to play. Like it's hard yeah. to be on when you don't have a feeling in the groove for the game. You can't. Like, what are you relying on? Guys ripping harder at you in practice. Right. Because, yeah. you know, the boys and, you know, as a backup goalie, everybody knows that in practice, you're taking the guys are coming in headhunting for you because yeah. they're like, oh, he's not my starter. So I'm going to let them rip here and hope I don't take his head off or injure him. Right. So. Yeah. So when I saw him going to the Golden Knights, I was I was like, OK, well, this is his chance to shine again. And holy shit, <laughs> he's he's back to Jonathan Quick, like down yeah. making those so here's one thing chris about him right don't i really don't think he's six one i really don't think he's six one he's so athletic yeah says he's six one i don't think he's six one i remember meeting him and i don't think he's six one well, maybe he's shrunk i shrunk like a half inch in the last <laughs> dude years. i've shrunk i've shrunk four inches that's how old i am again oh, but, wow. but but wow. anyway yeah they don't well, tell you about that when you're younger that you actually start to shrink yeah oh they yeah. do they do yeah yeah yeah, they I do. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His athleticism is out of this world. For oh, yeah. Like, you know, when he had his hip surgeries, like, I could see why you needed them because, man, that guy's down in the splits making these incredible saves, but it's not just one, it's usually three or four, right? He's yeah. the kind of guy that could just bail a team out. And before this trade, if you asked me, do I think the Golden Knights are going to go far in the playoffs? My answer would have been no. I don't yeah. think so. Goaltending is going to yeah. be their heel. Now, yeah. You've got a goaltender that <laughs> backstopped his team to two cups. Oh, yeah. Knights fans, if you're out there listening, getting Jonathan Quick probably may have just won you the Stanley Cup. Just purely because he's got he's got the fire in him to, to show people that he can still play this game. What else does he have to lose, right? I mean, like, he's on the last year of his contract. Like, he's going to go. And I hope they make him the starter, to be honest. I know that Logan Thompson's been there all year, but he's super injury prone. Aiden Hill's been there all year. He's super injury prone, as we've seen. He's down again. So is Logan Thompson. So is uh, Brassois. So they've got Quick and a kid that just played his first NHL game last night or whatever. It's like, I, I hope that they make him the starter because could you imagine a quick led Vegas team in the playoffs with already how good they are? You get back Mark Stone, you you have a goaltender like Quick, who in my opinion is better than Flurry and mm-hmm. has been better than Flurry. So you look at them. Yeah, we're good at <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew that was coming. No, no it's it's. I can't. I was just gonna quick. say the Vegas Golden Knights have had the the multiple Stanley Cup winner uh, yeah. in that before. And, yeah, but, but yeah, but, but how yeah, many did he win but, as a starter? That that's the real question. How he, many did he, he won he win at least as a, two? The third I, one he won. Uh, he was he should have never been removed from the third one. Yeah, the third no. one was a ripoff. If you go back to that, the third one was a ripoff. Yeah, yeah, the third yeah. one was he, a ripoff. Them, yeah, he, he let in one like Flurry's the type of goalie that's going to let in a soft one, right? I think in that the one where he got pulled and they took they let Murray take over, he let in one soft goal, but the defense was complete shit. You know, yeah. for that game, and they just left him out hanging. Now, Jonathan Quick, because I got to see this firsthand, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when they when they took out, okay, so besides Dustin Brown doing a Dustin Brown dirty hit, yeah, well, that knee, that that, that, knee, was, that, that, was knee, not, uh, that knee was a knee. 
<laughs> that was a knee. But Jonathan right. Quick was lights out that entire playoff series. Yeah. Just lights out. Yeah. So, Incredible. you know, the only shot that really seemed to deceive him, do you remember? Uh, and the dump in? Yeah, yeah the, like yeah. the Derek Morris hook shot. Like that thing, that thing was like a total curveball. He shot the puck and it completely curved. And I was like, holy cow, I it's hard to rip a shot like that. And I to this day, like I've never asked Eric Morris because he's still local. Like, did you practice that shot? Because that was pretty wild. That's going to catch any goalie off guard. But Quick was lights out. Like he's, you know, you removed him from the team. They're not winning yeah. the cup. They're, they just weren't doing it. And what you're seeing now is, and it, it, it's, a, you know, it, it's there, you know, give him the ice time. And he's going to prove everybody wrong. And he could take them deep. This is where I kind of laugh at the Edmonton Oilers right now. Like, you know, if anybody they should have taken a shot for was Jonathan Quick. If you added Quick to the Oilers right now, I would say lights out. Oilers are going to dominate because uh, you couldn't have touched them because their Achilles heel right now is goaltending. It's it's crushing them. So <laughs> talk about it. Talk about a drop off in goaltending from, you know, I feel so bad for Campbell because he played so well you know, with Toronto and then had, you went there and, you know, was expected to be their kind of, you know, savior in net. And he's really struggled this year to the point where he's changed his pads. You know, us goalies, shit's not working. You got to change it. Right. And that's the last thing to change. If that's what you're going to change. Cause obviously comfort level of I've been in this for years. Right. It's like you change your pads and he's still just, he, he has nights where I watch him and he goes and I'm like, yeah, that's the Jack Campbell I know. And then he has nights where I watch him and I go, what the fuck was he doing? Yeah, it's like it, it's like I feel so bad for him because he's literally the nicest guy in hockey. I, I've had a couple of friends who've met him and been and literally sat down for coffee with him. And, you know, he's just he's just such a normal guy that, you know, you don't usually you don't typically see that, you know coming off the ice for practice, you know, talking with guys and kids for hours and stuff. You just don't see it. And, you know, he's that he's that kind of guy. And I wish him all the success in the world, unless he's playing, you know, the Knights or the Kings, uh, more of the Knights nowadays. But we'll get to that later. But, yeah, so. Yeah, the he's got to, in my opinion, it, that's all it's it's all in his head right now. Um, yeah. You know, it goes trying to do too much. Right. And it happens to all of us where you're brought into that position and you're automatically getting yourself into the game because you're trying to elevate it, not play your yeah. game, like get back to your game and then mm-hmm. you'll be fine. And that's a hard thing to do when you lose confidence. It's, it's the worst feeling in the world because we've all been there where you're just fighting the puck and you can't get yourself out of it. Yeah. You know? So, but now back to quick, <laughs> that was the spark he needed and he needed the starts. Exactly what you said, Goldie, like he needed yep. the starts. So get him in there. Keep playing them. I wouldn't kill them before the playoffs because they're making the they're making the playoffs. Don't kill. Well, speaking them. of that, he's playing again tonight. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Who do they got? He, I, let me take a look at who's playing tonight because he's going to be playing with his brand new gear setup too, which is super oh, I saw that nice. helmet. You see that mask by Dave Hart? Ooh. Oh, well, have you seen have you seen it all together? No, I haven't seen it all together yet. Oh. I'm, I'll send you. Uh, I'll send it to you right now. This is. Oh, it's. It's so. It, it's. It's like goalie porn. It really is. Uh, I'm just gonna say it <laughs> flat out. Uh, he he always has the best setups in in the world. Uh, in my opinion, it's just like so nice. I'll send it to both of you right now. People um, understand how, like how seriously us goalies really take like 
when when we see that new fresh when when goalies do their goalie pad reveals, it's like for all of us goalies, it doesn't matter where that goalie is. They could be playing in Europe, they could be playing junior hockey, they can be be playing NHL or wherever. They do a goalie pad reveal or whatever, like, oh, I've got a new mask. We sit there and we're like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me throw one out to you guys, though, okay? Because I did not like this goaltender because of his equipment. Remember Archer Zerbe? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, the mask and everything. The mask, the that. pads. Like, he was so I have a, I have a San Jose Sharks jersey, though. I will. Well, he, he was a good goalie, though. And I just yeah, remember I remember growing up watching him going, like, just get good equipment. But he would repair <laughs> his own pads. He did it all himself. <laughs> and now that I'm older, I appreciate it going... It was working for him, and he did not want to let those things go. So good for you. But, like, back then, I remember looking at him going, man, your equipment's horrible. Like, can the team, like, pitch in and get this guy, you know, a good setup? But, hey, he's memorable for that now, too, because he came over and he won big games sometimes, right? Like, good on him. But I just remember the bias of that, me as a kid going, oh, he's terrible. Why is he terrible? Just look at his equipment. And he wasn't a terrible goalie. He was a good goaltender. I remember that bias I had because it was pretty hilarious. Um. Okay, so one thing, since we've got all attendees on here. Um, yeah. All right, so Boston, <laughs> they're pretty damn strong right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty damn strong. I hate it. First round uh, exit. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas Dallas Stars, oh God, Ottinger, came out of nowhere last year, still looking good. Yeah, um, but he's, he's fallen off the last couple of games, which is a, li- a little bit concerning. Uh, yeah, they, they had a good victory last night against Seattle. I watched that game. Yeah. He, he looked okay there. But who I'm concerned about is Vasilevsky. He's oh, been letting lots of goals. Lots. Yeah, I know. Uh, he's been figured out. And that that's what, that's what you know, I think he was figured out last season in the Stanley Cup final. And he is, I have heard stories that he does not like change and he does not like to change his game. Uh, which, as you know, as goalies, you have to constantly be adapting your game to faster speeds, better shots, um, different reads, all that kind of stuff, right? And he's just kind of stuck in his, I'm going to do the splits, I'm going to use my flexibility, and I'm going to hope they don't go high. Because uh, watching the Stanley Cup final where they were winning the last two or whatever, where they, they didn't win last year, um, thank God. Um, but uh, he was being beat high a lot. And the fact that it took them, what, four years to figure out Vasilevsky gets beat high a lot. Ooh, that That's, I mean, he's a really solid goalie, but he's getting beat a lot. And, you know. That's just something I don't see them making it. Uh, obviously, I'm going to say this, and then they're going to be in the Stanley Cup final this year, but I don't see them making it out of the first <laughs> round, uh, you know, to be honest with you. but Well, they're, you know. they're going up against – so here's an interesting one. I still think he's better than either Samsonov or Murray in Toronto. Murray got lit up oh, by the uh, Buffalo Sabres last night. Uh, hey, oh. Yes, yes. Baby. <laughs> I watched that one. I have to watch the highlights. Yeah. I watched the I watched the majority of the game. I was you know, I'm still watching the Canadians play, even though we're we've got twelve guys on the IR right now. It's awesome. Oh, and uh, I'm gonna interrupt you real quick because once we go down that rabbit hole, I really do want to talk about like the uh women's frozen four coming up and the oh. horrific underrepresentation of women's sports, including right mm-hmm. now how hard it is to find just a way to watch. 
the women's yes. Frozen Four and just to find yes. coverage on it right now. But let's go back to the NHL and let's definitely go down that rabbit hole. Yes, NHL, for, back to the for NHL. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so my thing is with, again, Toronto, Murray looked average last night. Anderson came up with some big saves. He was looking pretty good. Uh, Nylander like got a, himself. Yeah, <laughs> Nylander though got he got a Nylander got a good goal. Um, uh, Darlene's got to knock him on his butt though. Like, uh, but good on Nylander to fight him on off and go top shelf. But I still see Tampa taking the series. I still think Vasilevsky's better than their two goaltenders, and I think that's going to be the difference because Tampa's going to go out and just beat the shit out of Toronto. That's going to be their thing. Yeah. They brought in size again, and they're just going to grind them down. They're going to put the body on the stars. The first game is going to be a bloodbath. It's going to get ugly because that's how they know they're going to beat them, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to beat them in the physical game. Pittsburgh's been interesting as of lately. I still don't see them doing much. New York Rangers, Shesterkin's been up and down this year. He's He's been the most inconsistent goalie coming off of a Vesna run for recent times' sake, and in my opinion. He's been – he came off of a – great season last year and he's kind of been mediocre this year if he can if he can find his game in the playoffs uh oh that team is well, that's scary exactly, well that's exactly it right it's just it's the hot goaltender like the carolina hurricanes they got a good tandem now i'll say probably one of the most athletic goalies i i you know ever watched and now of course i can't i can't see his name right now what's their backup's name again ronta ronta sorry me watching him play live God, he was so athletic, like some of the saves he made, and that's why he had so many injuries. But we're going to see how they, if these two can sustain a deep playoff run, because they haven't been able to do it, right? So Yeah, both uh, of them are free agents at the end of the year as well. Yeah, well, what I'd like to see is, okay, for, you know, know, we'll we'll get into that kind of stuff later, would be just take less money if you're that close, but to just shut up. Spechnikov just just blew his ACL, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> That's a major blow to that team. Major yeah. blow. And, of course, yeah, it happens he, after the trade deadline, right? After. Yeah. It, it couldn't have happened, like, a week earlier where, you know, you could make a trade. No, it's – I saw that last night. And I was like, well, there goes Carolina's season because it's like it, they're not that fucked, but they're pretty – they're, they're, oh, they're, they're there without, without him. And, and honestly, you tear an ACL, it's going to take him a while to get back to that speed if it yeah. is that way. I don't I don't know if that's official or not yet, uh, but it sounded like it last night. Yeah. And then we already addressed Campbell, unfortunately, with what's going on with him in Edmonton right now. Because, you know, I would love to see him all of a sudden gain form because they've got – you know, such, you know, like they improved their team. Like I, I looked with the trades they made. I'm like, oh, shoot, they're going to be pushing the West pretty yeah. hard right now. Um, another interesting one, though, was Hellebuck out of Winnipeg. Like he's had a kind of up and down season, too. Like, yeah, you I've, know, just, just uh, this, not. This, yeah, no, that this may be a hot take, but I've never been a fan of Hellebuck's game. It's It's always been a. I'm big, I'm going to sit in the net, and I'm going to take up the majority of the net. And I've heard people say he's athletic. I personally have never seen him be athletic. Um, I've seen him, you know, do a fallback save on occasion, but he's big. He he reminds me a lot of Ben Bishop with maybe not as 
not as great skating ability. Um, but I, I mean, that's just my assessment of him. It, it's just, I've never been a fan of him. Um, I, I don't think he has what it takes to get them through a playoff run, to be honest. Yeah. They haven't made it out of the second round with him. Yeah. So that's, what's interesting because who was their goalie or did they, who was their goalie when they made their conference final run? Who was next for them then? Uh, I'm not sure. But for I which team? I, I don't for think the, him. For the Jets. It was remember they Was it not? I'll have to go back and look because I remember seeing Paul Maurice at the draft in Dallas that year. And What you know, year was that? I have to go back and look. This year that Jesperi Kakaniemi was drafted first by the Montreal Canadiens. Or was their I first I feel like pick. that was Halibut, man. It could have been. Was it, uh, was it him or uh, what's his name? Oh, Czechia guy. Didn't he collapse in Atlanta? Yeah. Oh. What was his name? Nemeth? No. (laughs) Here, hold on. Give me one second here. 2018. So I'm going to do the 2018 Cup uh, cup semifinals. 2018. Andre Pavlik? Was it Pavlik? I still feel like it was Halibut and Net, but Pavlik was the goalie that really kind of preceded him. Yeah, I'm going to look that on up right now, guys. Like, I'll I'll get a post on that. But what do you think – boys about the goaltending tandem for the Colorado Avalanche oh that's a that's it's nowhere near the goalie tandem that it was last year when Kemper was there I think that letting Kemper walk in the offseason was a mistake to be honest with you isn't Georgiev over there now yeah Georgiev Um, went over yep I like Georgiev but Francois is so injury prone and hasn't been there all year and like is there for like two games then all of a sudden tears his groin again or his hip or his back or whatever I mean it's like he's never playing hockey and the fact that they put that much confidence into him to be their starter and really didn't have a backup plan and didn't try to go and acquire someone at the trade deadline that was kind of a question mark to me the team's great the goaltending is iffy yeah, I watched them they destroyed my Habs last night but again they're playing essentially the an AHL team yeah. yeah, they're playing an AHL team right now. 12, like they set last year, last year's season, they set a record for the most man hours lost in a season. This year they've surpassed it. I'm like, it's just crazy the amount of injuries they have. You know, yeah. I, I've never seen so many shoulder surgeries in, in, on one team. Well, that's, um, that's, uh, I'll give you a little insight on that. That's strength and conditioning issues. Yeah. That That's straight up strength and conditioning issues and. I've said that for a while, that when you continually see the same injuries to guys uh, in the same areas happen, you got to look at your strength and conditioning and you got to change it. You know, whether that be adding less weight or more mobility type stuff. And a lot of those guys that I've, you know, get injured like that, I hear just don't like mobility stuff. And you're kind of asking for it when you don't do mobility stuff or yogas or all that kind of stuff. Hey, so guys, I'm going to the regular season, the goaltenders for... The it was Hellebuck, Mason, Hutchison, and Comrie. And in the playoffs, what? it was Hellebuck. It was Hellebuck. And then Steve Mason was the backup. Mason, he had he was a journeyman. Didn't yeah. Mason win? Mason won the didn't he didn't he not win the Vezna in his rookie season? Pretty sure he did. Um that sounds was, familiar. Yeah, because he was with the Philadelphia Flyers at one point. Yeah, yeah. He won it in his rookie season and then just tailed off after well, that. Remember, he tore his groin in that playoff series. The one where he got scored on from center ice. He was playing for Philly, and he tore his groin on the previous play, got scored on from center, and that's when his career basically ended right there. 
which goaltender do you think is going to look awesome in the playoffs, but what teams are do you think are going to make it to the cup finals? And then we'll go to the women's hockey thing. Goaltenders that I think are going to look great in the playoffs, I'm going to go out on a totally crazy limb here and say that Seattle's goaltending is going to hold them in games. And that's a that's a hot take because I think that's – isn't that Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer over there? Yep. Whether that be Jones or Grubauer, I don't know which one they're going to really roll with. They've been kind of going with Jones as of late, kind of been going back to Grubauer, trying to get him in, in the net a little more. But that, that team's going to have some good goaltending. I, I think that Boston will continue with their good goaltending. It'll, it'll go two ways. Boston will either continue with their good goaltending – or their entire team will drop off of, off of the face of the earth after they, you know. I, I just hope they don't rest guys, you know. Like, if you rest guys this this late in the year, you just clinched, obviously. They're the first team to clinch, which is insane. I think they have mm-hmm. 100 and, 107 100, points. 105. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I mean, if they're, if they're thinking about resting guys, that's kind of, that may hurt them in the playoff run. Um, but I, I honestly, I honestly think that you, if you're not looking at quick to be a guy that's going to heat it up in the playoffs, if he is the starter, there's something wrong. Um, but I, I think that quick is definitely going to be one that's going to heat up in the playoffs. That's for sure. Now, does, does Vegas show up around him? I think if they do, they're the ones that go to the cup final. And if they don't, then I don't really know who comes out of the West, to be honest. Now, you, were mentioning, you were mentioning Stone, though. Like, have they given yeah. a timeline? Because he's got, didn't he have back surgery again? He's got a back injury. I don't know if he's actually had the surgery, but I know that they did that last season, too, to circumvent cap. Yeah. Uh, where they put them on long-term IR or whatever. So, I mean, they've got a lot of guys. I'll give you their IR list right now because I just had it up a second ago. But they've got a lot of guys on IR. They've got Mark Stone, Logan Thompson, Nick Waugh, William Carrier, Aiden Hill, and Keegan Colasar. That's a lot of guys that are in oh, your that's top. A ton of, that's a ton yeah. of guys. And well, one, two, three of those are your uh, – two, two of those are your goaltenders. We won't get into cap circumvention because that'll just piss me right off and I'll go on a tirade for the next 45 <laughs> yes, freaking minutes about yeah. that. Yeah. I just need to let you do that like two or three times a year. And <laughs> Yeah, we'll start off with the beginning of the season saying they better fix this BS now. Because um, mm-hmm. it's so I'll just say it one more time because it's not hard to fix. Ice a team with the cap in the playoffs. I don't care if you're over because injuries happen, right? Like if Vechnikov got injured a week before the trade deadline and they had to grab somebody because that's a very significant roster player. Yeah, then go over the cap. That's fine. But friggin' ice a team for the cap. How do you throw out a rule that's been in place for 82 games? And then the most important time, like it's gone. Like it's, it's garbage. And, you know, again, the GMs were all in favor of this but it's garbage because let's say mark stone comes back and all these guys come back and they're let's say it's something ridiculous over the cap this time right that they're icing a team that's 30 million over the cap then what have they proven right yeah you haven't proven that your roster got it to you you're proving that you're that the the trades did because i'll go back to chicago and detroit because antoine vermette back then was a major boost for the chicago blackhawks yeah, like he got some major goals for them, and he was such a great all-around player that he helped them in other ways they couldn't, but they couldn't afford him, right? So he helped give them that boost, right? So, and then we won't go into Tampa Bay, Montreal, because that'll just 
really irk me. But yeah, talking about <laughs> irking, uh, we were talking about how women's sports, hockey, soccer, but women's sports in general is just severely underfunded. Yes. Yeah. Underfunded, it's, undercovered. It's oh, it's like, way undercovered. Like it's, you can't you can't find the Frozen Four anywhere for women's hockey right no. now. No, and it, that, it was so hard. Ridiculous. And it is because it's one of the obviously the Frozen Four for both the men's and the women's is like the pinnacle of the season. And, you know, when we're going to be doing these episodes, uh, we, we covered a lot of different stuff over the years. And, and it was always more difficult trying to cover the women's game because it's so much harder to find any coverage, much mm-hmm. less stories. Uh, good luck finding video evidence. It's it's rarely out there. One of the things we wanted to cover on these episodes, but honestly, uh, even listening to you guys talk about the NHL, I realized how much hockey I'm not watching this year while I'm just basically watching the, the USPHL and the VIJHL, that uh, I don't know what's happening in the NHL. And uh, I don't have any hot takes there on goaltending or something. And breaking down NHL goalies, I'm like, I don't I don't know what the tandem is for Colorado, but I I can tell you the tandems for the four teams that are heading into the USPHL Nationals <laughs> very easily, and every goalie backing them up, and basically what type of year they've had. But I can't tell you what's happening in the NHL. And if I wanted to tell you what was happening in NCAA women's hockey right now, it would be really hard for me to find. I can tell you that. Based off of what I've been able to find, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the be- between the four teams that have made it to the Frozen Four. But before we get there, Heath, I want you, I, you know, me and you are very passionate about our hatred for the lack of coverage. And I'm very yes. excited that women's uh, soccer, and that's one thing that's, I think, the most clear, I think women's soccer, they don't get what they're due because no, I'm sorry, North Americans don't watch Canada or the United States. We don't care about our men's soccer teams. We don't. It's not entertaining to us. No. That, being here in Europe, it's they're mortified that I don't understand their football, soccer. And I'm like, no, because in, in North America, we watch women's soccer. We don't watch men's soccer because women's yeah. soccer is entertaining. They're fierce athletes. It's a lot of fun to watch. Zero diving. Zero, Zero actually diving. Care. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I could no. wave my hand right now here, Heath. If if we're if we were both like soccer players, I I'm in Copenhagen. I could move my hand here and somehow you're going to fall over and you're out there in California, Nevada, <laughs> and because we're, we'd be soccer players and and you know, we're we're male soccer players. Yeah. Women. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 oh, I watched I'm, st- I'm still I, looking for the red card. I'm, I'm still looking for it. And just so you guys know, Mike, my daughters, you know, here. Yeah, because they my, play soccer. Yeah. Or they, they play soccer. They play soccer because it's so it's so much easier as a family, you know, when you have young ones to go to a park than it is to drive to go, you know, and head to a hockey rink. Right. And that the problem for my older daughter is if she's not getting something right away, she hates it. So skating dear God, you know, was really difficult, right? Like she got on there. Nope. Don't like this was not going to do it. And I was just heartbroken. Um, you know, and then my youngest was getting it and then COVID hit. And I'm not kidding you. My kid went from, you know, my younger daughter, God, she's growing so fast. So she had it down, but then, you know, her, her gate was all screwed up. So she went to hit the ice again, thinking she was going to go. And then she lost all her balance. And it wasn't a fun day on the ice boys. It was, God, it was 108 degrees outside, so it was nice. We thought it was going to be nice to get on the ice, but it was humid in there. 
There was fog on the ice. There, you could oh, see yeah. water dripping from the ceiling. Like I was miserable while I was doing that. So, you know, I'd skate backwards with my girls and hold on to them and, you know, try to get them balanced. And I was, you know, dripping sweat from a public skate where I shouldn't have been sweating at all. Right. So it wasn't a good all around experience. So soccer was easier because again, pick up a ball, grab one of those fold up nets and go to the park. So they picked up on it, but man, like it's, it's fun. Like I'll tell you guys one thing. So again, I played soccer a bit. That was my summer sport growing up. Of course I loved hockey. It was hard to get away from hockey and I stopped watching soccer because of all the pathetic diving stuff. But I'm a huge fan of the women's game. And one of my favorite things now to do is to go watch my daughters play. Like I right into it. Right. It's it's, you know, now I understand parents at hockey arenas going nuts for their kids playing. You know, it's nothing better than watching your kids, you know, grow up and play. But now back to it, like to give you an example, got a niece in Canada. She's a phenomenal hockey and soccer player. She's actually trying to I think they're trying to choose which sport she wants to go on for college. She was playing She's playing U18 for both at the age of 14. She, she, she's wow. doing it. Yeah, she's so good. She's so good. But th- it goes back to that exposure thing, right? Is she'll get more exposure in soccer than she will hockey. Because there's m- way more exposure for women's soccer than there is for Well, women's. yeah, no. And, and that, 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 whole, that whole thing takes me into a whole nother, you know, frozen four is one thing. But women's professional hockey leagues, there needs to be a lot more teams um, and a lot more coverage. I mean, I, I, I've watched women's hockey on ESPN Plus for a while. Um, you know, I'll sit down and, you know, there's really, you know, I'll just be like, hey, what's on? And, you know, I'll see that, you know, the Boston Pride is playing or one of those teams is playing. And I'll be like, I'm going to turn this on for a bit. And the stereotype is women's hockey is bad. And that needs to that needs stop. I mean, that's it, it's like, the, yeah, there's no hitting. There's no fighting. And, and I'm like, dude, that's not their game. It's, well, it's like, well, we'll see. Like, okay. Like, I, but and, Cody, let me and, cut you off for this one yeah, point. Anybody yeah. saying that they have not watched Canada U.S. women's hockey? No, they out. have not. <laughs> no, they have not. I remember it, I've sat down. I've sat down for every single one of those games, even if it's an exhibition game, because yes. I know shit is going to hit the fan. <laughs> they, they do not it, like each other one bit. It's worse than Montreal versus Toronto and Boston combined. That's how much hatred there is there, right? Like it's not, it's, they do not like each other. And I love it because it's such a fierce rivalry. And that rivalry is helping expand the sport in other countries because the other countries are starting to get a little bit better. They're not where Canada or the U.S. are yet, but that rivalry is, you know. It's going to take time. Yeah, it will. It will. I think Sweden will be the next kind of powerhouse, to be honest. Sweden's always been good at hockey, men's, women's, doesn't really matter. And honestly, um, the uh, the S, I think it's the SDHL over here, um, which is the Women's uh, Swedish League. Again, it's a league that doesn't get enough coverage, but uh, I think they announced at the beginning of the year that they allowed full checking. There, there oh. was not going to be restrictions on that. So super excited to try to get over there and watch games, but I haven't watched, I haven't even watched men's league games over here in Denmark. I just, again, just getting out. Sweden's only 30 minute, uh, train ride over and I can be there for lunch and catch a game. But it's the fact that they don't allow it in a lot of the women's leagues is absurd because I know like the Jinjinai Hakenai Liga, uh, out of Russia, that was some really fun hockey to watch. Uh, yeah. and then, just then the SDHL, uh and and these like the, uh, 
the PHF is fun. I again, I don't even watch the NHL or any of these leagues this year, and I'm not really sure what's happening in the PHF. I know Boston's just Boston, so Boston's always doing Boston stuff. I know they got Montreal as a new expansion yeah. team. You know, their their coverage is getting better. The the what leagues are getting paid is actually livable wages, which is very critical to growing the sport and getting the best athletes possible because if they don't if they can't afford to live off of playing hockey you're not going to get the best players you're yeah. going to get the ones that are best available when they can i know when again watching the buttes years ago and, and living in buffalo we had a player on the team that lived in ohio and would travel up to buffalo every weekend to play for the buttes and that's ridiculous. But she had a full-time job. You had the the Buttes players were, you know, working for UPS and everything else throughout the week and then coming in for training sessions and getting what ice time they could at the Harbor Center. And there just needs to be more coverage of it. And the fact that even, again, the circling back to the Women's Frozen Four, uh, it was so hard for me to figure out which teams had made it. I kind of knew days back what the matchups were going to be. Just trying to get, just trying to find the highlights was harder than I thought they would have to be. Just trying to figure out how they fell down. Cause I, I'm, I'm a big follower of Yale cause Yale women's hockey follows us. So I love teams that follow us back and Yale women's hockey and Michigan women's hockey both follow us. And unfortunately Yale did fall the Northeastern just trying to figure out how to just watch these live because for me even the time zones are i guess not the time zones but the times that they're playing these games are good for me they're 3 3 30 eastern standard time and especially right well, now yeah. with the time change it's i yeah. can watch these games live and i'm like well how where where can yeah. i get the and, game and and looking at it they're not even televising these until the semifinals, and that's on espn plus that's absurd. And yeah. and that that's ridiculous. That's you got how many games before that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Almost eight. Yeah. You have eight games before that that you're not even televising. Like mm-hmm. not even on like YouTube. Like you're not even going live on YouTube like some colleges will. That's ridiculous. I feel bad for these parents that are gonna have to fly to wherever they're playing to watch them. Like I mean, that's not easy for parents. You know, uh, they've no. already spent thousands of dollars to have their kids be at the school plus they're paying thousands they probably paid thousands of dollars within you know hockey is not cheap we all know that mm-hmm. um so i mean to have to fly and go you know obviously they probably want to fly and go see him play but for the ones that are you know from czechoslovakia that it's not easier to get over here or you know places that are you know over over the sea <laughs> right it's like sweden you're, you're not gonna just get on a two-hour you know little dinky plane and go i'm going to see my kid play no you have to plan that out a while in advance and for all you know they get out in round one mm-hmm. yeah. like like i mean and the, the coverage of women's sports in general is absolute garbage i if yeah. you look at my if you look at my twitter or anything that i've ever you know posted you scroll for a while you'll find me ranting about women's sports need to needs to be more covered and stuff like that. But that shit needs to just stop. Plain and simple. I mean, well, you got so, But part of yeah. it, though, too, Goldie, is like I, I've heard people try to throw out that argument, right? If it's not generating revenue, then why do you want – then why would you want to air it? And I'm like – Because how is it going to generate revenue if it's, if it's, yeah, if it's yeah. not getting exposure? Like you can't you can't use that argument. So no. it, it makes no sense. And for people that say it's really that boring, 
Okay, again, have you watched a Canada US final? Have you watched, you know, a top tier college teams battle it on out? And yeah. the truth is the answer is no. They just don't. And it's the same misogynistic bullshit that guys will spew out of their mouths, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't want to watch that. And I'm like, dude, well, just hey, try it. Like, the very last Olympics, who were you more excited to watch, men's or women's? Because I was more excited about watching the women's play. Women's, 100%. 100% women's. It, it's just, I mean, it, it's so frustrating. And, you know, I just had to dig to find these scores. Like, I, yeah. that's that's insane. Like, like Wisconsin beat Colgate four to two. Uh, Minnesota beat Minnesota Duluth three to nothing. Yale dropped the loss to uh, Northeastern four to one. Yeah. And Quinnipiac lost to Ohio State five to two. So I had to dig to find that. I couldn't find that on ESPN. Nope. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. This is a sport, right? Show it's it on frozen ESPN. Forward. Like it's this is all the competition four. leading up to this, and it was yeah. so hard to find information on. It. No, and, and that's. Freaking ridiculous. And they don't play again until Tuesday or uh is it Tuesday they don't play again yeah, no, until no, today? They play on, no, they play on Friday, I think. Because today's the fourteenth that we're recording this. Uh and yes. by the time you listeners listen to this, the the series will have wrapped up as the championship is on actually the listeners might be listening to this on the day it drops. I'm not sure what day it'll drop, but yeah. it's it's so, gonna be on the nineteenth at four PM yeah. Eastern. So you have one unranked team in the final four. Yeah. And that's Wisconsin. And they're playing number two, Minnesota, and number one, Ohio, is playing number five, Northeastern. Mm-hmm. It's like I had to dig for that. I had to go to NCAA. I had to go through the <laughs> – no, I had to yeah. go through the March Madness bracket yep. to even find it. Yep. Like you shouldn't have to go through the basketball bracket to find the women's hockey. I, I had to go to scores, and then I had to go through all this. Sh- I, I found three men's scores before I found theirs. It's like, what is happening? Like, gotta you gotta give these women more exposure. And that's just that's the shitty part of it is that you know, it's like you try to do it, and everyone and their mother sends backlash towards it. And then there's guys like us that are like, no, it needs to happen because we know it's good for the game. We know it's good for them. It's and it's like, entertaining. It's just, and it's entertaining. Like, I would sit down yes, and watch it. We're talking right now about the NCAA uh, Women's Frozen Four. You've mentioned we got number one, Ohio, and number five, Northeastern. And then the other game is the unranked Wisconsin and number two, Minnesota. And yep. just digging into what was going to happen with these series and everything. And just looking at just the way I think that these things will unfold, I'm really thinking these are going to be two upset series. I think Northeastern will take out the reigning champions, Ohio State, and Wisconsin is, it might be unranked, Ooh. but they are Ooh. by no, but they are not a walkover team. I think yeah. they can take out Minnesota. And, I think from there, Northeastern's probably going to become the women's Frozen Four champions for the first time in their history. Uh, because look at their goaltending right now. They've got like Gwyneth Phillips, and she's just been lights out. Like, one of the best goaltenders right now in NCAA. And yeah. any winter championships, I don't care what anybody says. We're all goalies. We're going to be biased as hell. And right well, now, it's say, oh, okay, guys, I got to interject. There's one example. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Osgood did not win. <laughs> they, they were not right in the backs of Chris Osgood in Detroit. Only example. Now, not not completely crapping on him, but they okay. Have percentage a, wise, percentage <laughs> wise, Steve, what do you think it is? Well, I'd say percent. definitely ninety six percent of the time it's goaltending. Ninety six percent of the time. No, no, without a doubt. I mean, I mean, with these with these games, I honestly think it's going to be Minnesota and Northeast. 
I think that Minnesota is going to come out of that one against Wisconsin. And then I kind of have to say that because I have friends on that team. I genuinely believe that team has what it takes to win it all. They were there last year, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't they lose to Ohio last year in the in the finals? Oh, Ohio won, I know for sure. I'm Ohio won sure it was for Minnesota. sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was, was it Minnesota Duluth that they beat, though. Oh, that's a good question. I have to look back. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to dig through the many, 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 many layers of tape to try and find that one, Um, which needs to be easier. Come on, NCAA, get with it. But no, it's 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 a it's a yeah. Okay, so Ohio State beat Minnesota Duluth last year. Uh, Okay, so so it wasn't Minnesota that was there last year. No, it was Minnesota Duluth. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, I, I honestly think that Minnesota. I knew it was a Minnesota team. I just didn't know that it was. Yeah, I, yeah. So, no, but uh, but no, I think it's gonna be Minnesota and, and Ohio, and uh, or you know, it just depends. It it really does. It could go really either way. But I I, I think, think Northeastern's gonna sun some teams. I, I think with the way Gwen is playing this year. Yeah, I know. I don't disagree with you. I think that looking at this now with the records and all that stuff next to each other, I think Northeastern's gonna beat Ohio in an overtime. I'm going to say that's going to be an overtime game. I think that one's going to be closer than people think it's going to be. And I think it's going to I'd be a – yeah. I'm going to say it's going to be a, a very, very fluky goal that's going to go in that's going to end the end the uh, Buckeyes season. And I'm going to say that was, uh, Minnesota beats Wisconsin probably in regulation, I would say, by two goals just because Minnesota is, is kind of a powerhouse. That's for sure. Who's Minnesota gotten at this year? Now I'm gonna have to go to Elite Prospects, Minnesota, because it's not Minnesota Duluth, right? It's Minnesota this year. It's Minnesota this year. Yeah, no, I know their goaltender Michaela Powell over there. She's uh, she's played pretty well this year. Uh, I think she might be actually injured right now though, so I'm not really sure if she'll be playing come that time. But we will see. Three of the four teams are Big Ten teams. That's insane. That's almost unheard of in the men's tournament. Hopefully next week, um, whoever we have on will be able to somewhat talk about the men's stuff, too, because I, I, I'm going to have to do my research on what the heck's happening there. At least I'm hoping it won't be as difficult, and I doubt it will be, to find stories on it as it was for the women's this week. Yeah, no, well, but, I mean, the ACHA tournament is also happening in, like, two days. Yeah, uh, it which is. Which is huge, and I, you know, I wish my boys over at UNLV the best of luck in that. Uh, hopefully they can win it this year like uh, we couldn't do last year. You know, we were so close last year, but, you know, wishing them all the success in the world and hoping that they can bring home a championship to Vegas. That's for sure. That would be incredible. And I and that's another thing, like this, the ACHA in general, it's so big. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. Again, following the teams more in the West, because I know a lot of players that have moved on to ACHA they're all over like it's it's oh, yeah. it's really exciting to see where you'll end up very excited to see where that'll be and, and where a lot of players we've watched previously have ended up and it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be fun and I wish I seriously wish all the days would be extended so I could watch all this additional hockey like just the fact that I spend I can't believe how many hours it takes it make i mean it adds up it makes sense but just covering the 18 teams in the western usphl and that's that's literally in my free time full-time work in my free time because there's to actually get through all that so i really wish because just trying to catch highlights if i could just watch acha highlights if there was just an acha website that would just show game highlights oh i I would be I wish that, that was the case. I mean, I think there's certain teams that post highlights. Uh, there are, yeah. But it's just, it, at the end of the day, 
ACHA hockey, you tell someone you're going to play ACHA hockey that's on the older end of uh, people, they're like, oh, you're going to play club, they're they're nothing. But, like, you look at ACHA hockey, there's so many of these teams that can and have played NCAA teams and have beaten them. Yep. Um, I mean, and, and it's insane because ACHA hockey is college hockey. It's no longer club hockey. And the teams that are still treating it like club hockey are at the bottom of the leagues. Yep. It's just how that works. I mean, you have to recruit. You have to go on trips. I mean, it, it's literally a full-time job for these coaches. Where it used to be, oh, yeah, I show up to the rink. I work a, you know, a 9 to 5, and, you know, I come to the rink at 6 and, you know, coach the team from 6 to 7. And then I leave and I go, oh, if we win, we win, we lose, we lose. And now it's like, no, this is actually competitive hockey. Yeah. Because there's, there's so much competitive hockey out there already. I wish that some of these teams that have top-tier ACHA programs would bring in ACHA women's programs. UNLV should bring in a women's program. That would be awesome to have women's hockey in Vegas. It's overdue for a pro team to play in Vegas, women's-wise. But that's a completely different conversation for another day. But no, it, it would be sick to have women's hockey in Vegas. I think no. it would be a great market. It would be. I think the problem right now is in terms of expansion, it would be to travel to the other, the, this basically, I mean, Minnesota's in there and they're pretty much the farthest team west. Every other team is clumped in there. I've heard rumors that Pittsburgh could be joining. I've heard rumors that Washington, D.C. could be joining. It I was, would I, I would hope that they'd get a team in California. I'd hope they'd get a team in Vegas. I'd hope it would grow the sport massively. It would, it especially it would grow. California, though, Goldie. They yes. Oh, California is the, like I I said, I got to look at my stats again. But like I said, this was 2016 when I went to. Well, where in California? Because I'm just going to say the the elephant in the room is you have to find a city where you can actually pay the athletes to survive. Because California is no joke. It's California city would you target? I'm going to say something and it's going to sound crazy, but there's a couple. I would definitely not. I would definitely not put one in the Bay Area unless you're paying them millions of dollars. I would say that Fresno could work, and it's going to sound crazy, but you have a women's professional team. I don't know if women would want to come to Fresno to play hockey, to be honest with you, but you have them play at uh, yeah, that at, arena. Yeah, at Selland Arena, which is being yep. refurbished right now. We played a game. We played a couple games there. I unfortunately wasn't here yet, but that 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 arena is apparently sick. Ooh, you could be the California Golden Seals. You could bring that back. Uh, I don't think that they would want to be that, but, uh, you know, uh, that would be sick. That'd be sick to bring that (laughs) back. But no, I I mean, I think that, I think LA needs a team. I know that's going to be hard. My idea was every NHL team should have a women's team associated with their team. That would A, grow the game. B, it would give those women so much more exposure like you're playing at NHL arenas, right? Or you build in arenas in the area, or they play at their arenas they already are. But, you know, you have nights where, I mean, Boston does it right. I'll tell you that. Boston is probably the best team in the women's league right now. They do things they right. They have been for um, years. They, yeah, they have been. They're incredible because they have the backing of the Boston Bruins. Yep. And that goes a long way with getting fans, getting people in the building. All the things that people say are, are trouble issues. Could you imagine a Vegas Golden Knights women's hockey team? Could you imagine if they did something like that, where Vegas took over a team, bought a team, and had them play? That would be insane because Vegas loves hockey. I'll tell you that. They don't care who's playing. They don't care where they're playing. They will show up for hockey. Great example, Three Ice. 
uh, three-on-three summer league that my buddy Blake Wyatt played in this last season. It's professional hockey, but it's three-on-three. Vegas had two events there. They were the only they were the only city where two events were held there: the first weekend and the championship weekend, and both were sold out. And that's not even like top tier play. That's just basically you know guys who are ex NHLers and you know some guys who maybe want to try and play pro that maybe are just coming out of college are in that league and it's not great hockey because it's three on three but it's fun and it's like ten minutes of, uh, for a one game and it's like a tournament style. People showed up for that. So it's like you got to kind of look at it as Vegas is a market that is untapped when it comes to sports. They need a basketball team and they need a baseball team in a really bad way. They need a women's hockey team. They have a women's basketball team. They just won the WNBA last year. So it's a great market for women's sports. They get a huge crowd every night. So, I mean, it's not like it's untested. It's a sports city now where a couple years ago everyone was going, will hockey work there? Well, Hockey, football, and ba- and basketball are all working there now. So you know what's so but, funny about that question? Will hockey work there? It, it's the way the game's designed now, right? Yeah. Because going back to the two line pass rule, all the hooking that occurred again when you know Anaheim Ducks were winning their championships, the game was boring. That New Jersey Devils versus the Anaheim oh, Ducks series. Awful. Oh, yeah, it was, it was awful. awful. Bad. It was so bad. Like I, I'm a hockey fan, and I tuned out. And uh, Jaguar yeah, for was years I just business. stopped watching hockey during that window of time. It was just like it was so the the zero zero ties were so regular. It wasn't worth mm-hmm. watching. It became yeah. soccer. Yeah, it, it like Jaguar was playing out of his mind, but I didn't care to tune in. Like I was just bored. I did not want to watch it. So. The rules of the game have changed. Like, in, you know, they're talking about if the NHL expansion. They go back to Atlanta. Maybe. I don't know because it's failed twice. But the game's a hell of a lot different. Like, I, I say to a lot of Americans, goalie, how mm-hmm. are football fans not on board with the NHL? And the first thing is that they say, well, you can't see the puck. Bullshit. You guys watch golf. Yeah. <laughs> tell me you can see that ball streaking across the sky. Please tell me that you can because you yeah. can't. You know, you see it when that damn thing lands, right? That's it. So that's not the reason. The next thing is rules, right? Don't give me that hockey rules are more complicated than football because there's still sometimes I watch football and there's still sometimes there's a call on the field. I'm like, what the hell was that? And I'll have a football guy explain it to me. I'm like, that's just stupid. That's actually yeah. a rule. I'm like, that's insane. So the rules of hockey aren't that hard because when I explain it to somebody, I'm like, look, it's pretty easy. You've got a couple of lines that you got to pay attention to. Puck's got to go into the net. That's really it. If you can yeah. get that part down, you know, you're it's pretty easy now. The two-line pass thing was god-awful to explain back in the day. Well, you know, the puck can't go further than two lines or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that slowed down the game. That All the hooking back then oh, slowed yeah. down the game. It was so boring. You know, playoff hockey was exciting because they beat the shit out of each other. You know, trying to get there, but it was just boring. So the game's a hell of a lot different now. So will it sur- will it survive in the market? Like when they were putting a team in Vegas, I'm like, of course it's going to survive there because who the hell? Like people are already traveling around the world to go to Vegas to begin with. Talk about a hockey destination spot, right? Yeah, and, and Vegas does did things right right out the gate. That arena is the best arena. That's yeah. where Chris and I met, and. We met, like, so we had been talking for years. We meet up there. We had time to get two beers in intermission yep. and still get back to our seats before the puck drop for the second intermission. 
two beers. Yeah, not only that, but Vegas is such a hub that literally, like, again, just it backfired significantly going to the the Vegas showcase uh, in terms of like trying to get home after those storms and all those plane cancellations. But yeah, Vegas is that destination where it was super easy too. Where I told you guys, uh, the fellow hosts on these on these podcasts, I'm like, hey, if they keep doing these showcases and they do them in Vegas, every single one of you said, oh hell yeah, I'll go. You know, so we mm-hmm. could all meet up as the Pigeon Hockey Podcast and go to the Vegas Showcase if they continue these Western Showcases. And this is a kind of a shout out to all the teams on the East and the Midwest and the South that didn't show up. For years, teams have had to make their way out to yours. You know, come, it's to, time come to, to spend ours. a little bit of money and come yeah. out west. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was and, and, it, it was yeah disappointing. And, and, yeah, it's way disappointing. Yeah. No one on the West Coast for colleges wants to fly all the way to New York. To go and see somebody play. Right. And I think you make a great point there because as we were talking about earlier in this episode with the ACHA programs and a lot of times that these programs have really come up in recent years and they become incredibly fun and high level hockey. Right now, a lot of those schools, they still don't have the budgets to have all these scouts all over to fly out to these locations. They're starting to do a lot more travel. And I've been reached out to by programs that they're like, hey, we've heard your podcast because they're like a lot of times, again, that there's such a huge junior hockey market because you not only have the USPHL, you have the NA3HL and the EHL at the tier three level. And they have to they want to try to find a starting point. So they'll be like, hey, we're not looking for you to recruit for us because they don't want to pay me. But they're like, (laughs) can you just give us a starting point? Can you point us in the direction? We, We need a direction. And I know that that's going to help me down the road, too, because if they realize that there's value to these tier three programs that they don't know anything about. And they like we hear we've heard your podcast. You brought up these players. This is kind of what we're, we're needing in our program next year. Could you point us in a direction? They're listening to podcasts like this one. They're looking at because we're, we're not the only junior hockey podcast out there. And they're listening to these programs and they're building stronger, more competitive teams And with that, will come the budgets to do even more scouting. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I've heard rumblings from people that they're trying to get UCLA, USC, Oregon, UNLV and Arizona (laughs) State all in one NCAA bracket. That would be awesome. And my thought process with that is why are why are we sitting back and waiting? Just go for it. Just do it. Because I understand, you know, money and monetary issues there and, you know, trying to figure out where UCLA is going to play and USC is going to play. Those are those are huge things. And Oregon uh, and UNLV, for that matter, where they play. But no, it's like, do it. Go for it. Create that because you need the West Coast to get NCAA hockey. The minute the West Coast, the real, genuine West Coast that isn't just Arizona and that's it, gets gets it, and Arizona doesn't have to travel to Dubuque, Iowa, or you know some place that's way back east to fucking go play, they're gonna be right up there with with the top teams. Yep. You know, it, it's like, and they're already so good. It's like, you know, UCLA. Let's just say UCLA. UCLA has been trying to go there for years, but they just haven't had the market. Now UCLA and USC are in the Big Ten. Going in, I think two years from now, their their whole their whole thing is in the Big Ten. Why not move to NCAA at that point? You know, why not add Arizona State to the Big Ten in hockey? Because you got Notre Dame in there that's in hockey, but no one else is in there, right? 
So you, yeah. you, you, you add those schools in the hockey area to the Big Ten, or you make a Western Conference kind of Pac-12. I don't know if a Pac-12 would ever even work hockey-wise because so many of those teams are jumping ship from the Pac-12. Could you imagine if you got Cal, Berkeley to go NCAA D1 and like you had all the major Cal schools to go NCAA D1? You could well, have your own is- division. It's incredible that California doesn't have that big of a presence, or especially California doesn't have that big of a presence yet, because you do have, when you're talking about a little bit of Texas, and then you're really looking at like Arizona and California and all these players that are coming out of these regions that have always had to go east. And I think that's a big thing with the USPHL choosing to expand west with the Mm -hmm. NCDC, is that now these talented western players don't have to go east to play hockey they can oh, yeah. play hockey closer to home which is better for their families better for them yeah and trust, they trust can me, grow- I'm, I'm dealing with the same issue right now with with schools wanting me on the east coast and honestly yeah that's great and that's probably where i'll end up to be honest with you but if there was west coast hockey schools that were d1 yeah. that had interest in me i'd be like i'm there in a heartbeat and it's like i wish that california would get going with it because it's something yeah. that I could see really getting big and quickly. Yeah, because I think the West is it's been very underrepresented in terms of anything other than the National Hockey League mm. for years. So you have some other pro teams out there, obviously being in Salt Lake City for all those years. You have teams like the Utah Grizzlies and you know the Adafall Steelheads. You have those pro teams, but if you wanted to play and develop as a hockey player to get into college, you had mm-hmm. to go East. And the fact that the NCDC is the first league to really expand into the West, and now the knowledge dropped a team in Colorado, and I'm just – I stared at a map. I don't know. I don't – I guess some NHL representatives can reach out if they want, but I stared at a map, and I've looked at the – you know, because they're going to Greeley, Colorado, taking over the rink from the Northern Colorado Eagles, so we'll figure out what happens with NOCO moving forward, but – the Colorado Grit, they may as well just be in Alaska. Honestly, even the teams in Alaska and in the Null have a better opportunity because there's three teams up there and they can play each other. And when they have to move down to the Central, they can fly into Minneapolis. But Colorado, the Grit, are there? there's nobody around them. There is no other representation in all around them. And they're going to be in the same division if I'm incorrect. If I'm, not, if I'm incorrect, someone can correct me. But they're yeah. going to be in the South Division, which means they're going to be going down to like Louisiana to play hockey. Yeah. Is is there going to be teams? When you have, uh, I think, the South and the Null that has like teams in Louisiana and Texas, and I think they have the floaters out there in New Mexico. They're all. That's still a. That's a. That's a long drive. Yeah. But Colorado's out there. I mm-hmm. don't know. Are teams going to be? Is it going to be expected now that teams split the cost to get the grit down? I mean, how how is that going to work? Because uh, I, I tell you what, I, 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 want to, I honestly fun. don't know. I honestly don't know. Bus rides to Louisiana and Texas every weekend. What? That would be miserable. That would be absolutely miserable. And uh, logistics of everything, right? Losing teams like Vegas next year to the NCDC, I believe they're giving up like half their team to Ogden or whatever. I believe I I read that that they were that those two teams are basically combining to make a mega team next year for the NCDC. Yeah, the the, the Ogden Mustangs are now affiliated with the Las Vegas T-Birds, and I think Provo has announced that they're now affiliated with the Nashville Spartans. But no, I mean the fact that there's not a team in Arizona at all. Yes. Not a USPA. Right? Not yet. There needs to be. Not, there needs to be. <laughs> 
And, and, you know, honestly, I've talked with a couple of my friends' dads who have been like, I want to start a team. And I'm like, Arizona. And, you know, it's like, because honestly, we've all seen the bad side of junior hockey. We've all seen the, you know, the guys that are O2s get screwed over or the guys that are age outs get screwed over. And we're all kind of done with it. So, I mean, there's once this generation of hockey can buy teams, it's going to become a lot better junior hockey wise, in my opinion. Cause yeah, and it's I think a it's lot getting of, better. Yeah, it's getting better. And and if you look at the teams that are getting better, it's the ones that, like uh, the Roughnecks this year, who had a plan of attack, they're going to be good next year. Um, yes, they are. That that team will be in the playoffs next year. They built right. They, you yeah. know, an expansion team is going, generally speaking, expansion teams are going to struggle at every league and every everywhere because you're, you're starting yeah. with the culture. But it looks like from what Bakersfield has done, Bakersfield, they started with where they needed to and then built up from that and they struggled but they they're laying the foundation down the proper way yeah and you can see that with you know they've been very successful and they don't have a very high turnover range generally speaking but you can tell that and there's teams that struggled there's definitely teams that struggled this year that didn't have a high turnover rate but before we actually do wrap this up, because that's one more point we want to get in here because we have dragged this one out. Steve, you're in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Where in Arizona would you say would be the number one place to stick a junior hockey Scottsdale. team? Junior hockey. Scottsdale. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Because Scottsdale, lower tax than Phoenix, although Arizona now state tax is actually dropping. That's, I think this year it's supposed to be actually lower than Florida. Wouldn't Flagstaff be more like hockey friendly? No, 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 no. Like it's not no. nothing against Flagstaff, but that's smaller population. Okay. So you're you're I'm not Arizona. People, so, I don't know. so so everybody gets the the whole landscape of Arizona hockey, right? No. Just so everybody understands the whole issue with the team being out in Glendale. So when that arena was the arena was supposed to be in Scottsdale, the hockey where the money is and where the hockey fans are are in the East Valley where Scottsdale, Phoenix, Chandler, Gilbert are. That's where all the hockey people are. That's where the money is. Scottsdale City Council screwed up that deal. Glendale gave tax breaks because they were expecting before 2008, the recession, that Phoenix was just going to blend in with Glendale. It was just going to keep booming and of course, the recession hit and that put that to a grinding halt. That's the major issue, right? Like I'm hoping with this vote that's coming up in May that Tempe doesn't do anything stupid because they're putting it over top of the landfill. And so everybody knows there's, there's a whole disinformation campaign out there. The coyotes are going half with the city of Tempe to clean up a dump site. So a property that's been sitting for 20 years that was used as a dump, you know, the coyotes are putting 50, you know, 50 percent of it towards cleaning that up. So Tempe is going to clean it up so they can actually use it for a viable site. And then they're going to build and create all these jobs. So it's actually a great idea. So I don't never understand why people, other than traffic, right? It's by the airport. It's not the greatest location, you know, as far as residential goes, right? So it's great idea. It's actually an advantage for the incoming teams. Goldie, can you imagine playing in NHL, flying into Phoenix and driving literally five minutes to your hotel? That would be uh, ideal. That'd be great. and there are going to be two practices. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how many over uh, back-to-back games they're going to put in Arizona just purely because it's going to be quick access in, quick access yeah. out? Yeah, yeah, especially the Cal, like any Colorado, Nevada, California, all those teams, right? Quick yeah. in out, right? And it doesn't matter, like a team on the West Swing. Yeah, the Phoenix is going to be that quick stop. 
you know, in between. It'll be the second game of a back-to-back, like, and that'll yeah. advantage the Coyotes huge, right? But yeah. it'll happen. Two practice facilities underneath the arena. Oh. Okay, alone. And it's going to be an entertainment district. So it's just going to boom and boost it all. So even yeah. with that, when you're talking about expanding on out, well, <laughs> there's there's more than enough arenas. So and talk about like for me, so people can understand this, right? My very first NHL game was in Detroit. It was okay. Bob Proper didn't play, so I was pissed off. But then I was in Montreal. And the nice thing about Montreal was I took the subway with my girlfriend at the time and now wife took the subway to the game and it was brilliant where that's located now or where they're talking about the proposition i can drive my car on into tempe park at any light rail stop and i will do this because i'm telling you as much as i like a beer at a hockey game a 20 beer sucks so mm-hmm. i can park at any restaurant location that's along the light rail and go have a drink before the game a bite to eat and jump on that and go down and catch a game Glendale, so everybody doesn't get this, because it's a beautiful setup in Glendale. Don't get me wrong. Everybody that's been there is like, it's awesome. It's such an awesome setup. But during a weekday, when the traffic backs up and it's going west, I'm not willing to sit an hour and a half in traffic to get to a game. It it just sucked. And Mm -hmm. for the first three years living here, I did it. And I was happy to go to hockey, but then it wore off after a while. Like even your diehard that is sitting there thinking on a Tuesday night that you're a little tired going, oh, shit, I got to leave work a little bit early to get to that game if I want to get there on time. Or I'm going to sit in traffic, hate life, get there, run into the arena. Puck's already going to be dropped, right? And then yeah, miss warmups, miss everything that's – yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, exactly it. Like, you know, like – and I'm – you guys can't tell I'm a social guy – in this this section that I sat with, we had a whole bunch of other season ticket holders. So my whole pregame thing of shooting the shit with them and going over stuff, you know, that's the experience of the game that you want, right? So mm-hmm. where it's being built, uh, Chris, you know, made his joke about Mullet Arena. It's a hey, fun environment. It's a fun environment for a game. Oh, like, yeah. No, Mullet, Mullet Arena is is great. Like, it's literally right on campus. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a fun and it's the fastest hockey rink in, in, in the NHL right now because they, you know, they engineered it. They put the pipes closer together to facilitate better ice. Yeah. And also the other thing, too, is like it's not a 13,000 seat arena. It's 5,000 seats. Right. So yeah. it's easier to keep it controlled. Cool. But it's it's a great yeah. like when I watched the ASU Sun Devils play, it was fast. It was fun. It was mm-hmm. a great it was a great experience. Now, was I on that embarrassment wagon a bit at the beginning of the season? Well, yeah. Uh, and then like the information came out. So here's my apology to the Coyotes because I was shitting on them. And rightfully yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Well, it's still the one thing I still will tell you is going from $45 a seat up to having to pay, you know, $110 as the cheapest for a club that was mediocre at the beginning of the season. Well, they were terrible at the beginning of the season. They're playing better yeah. hockey. No, kudos to them. They're they're digging in. Hey, they're they- playing- they're, they're the best. They're the best home team uh, in the NHL right now, I believe, with the best well, home yeah. record or something like that. And I think Clayton Keller, since the All Star break, is fourth in goal scored since the All Star break. So yeah. they're 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 just playing good hockey. And this is what you want to see, right? Here's the foundation for this team going forward. Putting that arena in Tempe is going to be huge. You'll get a lot more attendance, especially the Sun Devils. Those games are packed. Those college kids are going to jump on over and go watch that sport, right? And then talk about a following because if if Baby Doan gets on over there to the Coyotes and he makes that roster, he's already got a following in college, right? 
he's doing he's pretty got, well. He's got a huge following in college. Like he's captain of ASU, and and I bet you money that if he gets over there to Arizona, they'll make him the captain within the first three years, just yeah, purely and, for for money's sake. And a great stat on that was he scored the first goal of the season to open it up, and he scored the last one to finish yeah. it on off. So, you know, got the makings of his pops written all over. But it's a great location for the arena. And then you just feed hockey off of that. ASU is doing well because ASU, nobody heard of them 10 years ago. No. And Chris and I had the debate and Chris would still want to play in Minnesota. And I think you, like Nico, would would still rather go to Phoenix and uh, to put a junior hockey team there. Yeah, they do well. ASU is showing that. The sport's growing out here. And again, part of it's the thanks to California for showing the NHL and everybody how to do it. Brand everything Ducks hockey. Yeah. Everything Kings hockey. Yeah. You know, Sharks hockey. Brand it all. Do that here and it'll pick on up. Uh, oh, so you bring up the whole Minnesota Arizona thing a lot. I will state that it's just cold. I just want to work. I just want to play in some place cold. It can be Minnesota. It can be Buffalo. It can be honestly, I don't mind the rain. It can be Seattle, Vancouver, Ontario. Yeah. I just need it to be cold. I don't like the. I don't like the heat. You can't put me in Texas or Florida or Arizona or SoCal and expect me to be happy. It's just oh, it's, dude, it's it's SoCal's been freezing as of late. Oh well, yeah, as of late, yes. but that's global warming. We're all we're all we're all doomed. Yeah, very but, true. Anyway. Very true. <laughs> Andre, by the way, just just came across my phone. Yeah, Andre Sestikov out do, out for the rest of the season with an ACL tear. Oh, so that's terrible for the Canes. Yes, it is. That one that one really hurts. You know, Sveshnikov was really fun to watch this year. Really, really fun. Yeah. And that's a fun team to watch hockey with. Like, the thing is, like, I'm like, Chris, I wish I had nothing by countless hours because I'd be watching every type of hockey under the sun. You know, I just wish I could. I could dive in more because just for us, sometimes the, you know, say for the USPHL, the game times on a Friday night, it's I got to do like I'm not watching hockey on a Friday night. I'm yeah. hanging with the fam. Right. Yeah. And on Saturdays, depending on what time the games are, it's oh, like we're all day with soccer with the girls now. It's It's crazy. Um, so I catch the highlights. I catch things from time to time. But yeah, like if I won the lottery, I'm just hanging up doing a podcast. I'm watching hockey. That's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. So there you You're go. Share so that with me. Yeah. You're yeah, yeah. 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 Bring you on back. Yeah. You'd have to be my next door neighbor though, so we can just. Uh, you, I'm not moving to Arizona. No, you guys. No, <laughs> you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to move up to Canada, bud. Snowbird, buddy. Have to, uh, you're gonna have to come home. You'd have to. You'd have to buy a little studio or something to have a pigeonhole hockey studio, and you know, Ooh. actually do these live. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. It would. Yeah, be just flying all the players. There you go, Steve. We can just fly. Oh, in but, the but yeah, definitely wrap it up. Scottsdale for junior hockey. Definitely Scottsdale. Okay, so Scottsdale. All right. All right. We'll yeah, wrap this no, up, boys. We want to sure. thank Keith for jumping on here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for jumping on. And and for any of you listeners that are still listening, thank you. And definitely always provide us feedback. We love that. Um, especially if it's, as as Michael Scott would say, constructive compliments is, you know, the, the best way forward. So neither of you laughed, so I might cut that part out. That was Anyway, you leave that in. <laughs> and leave this part in uh, about us laughing at the fact oh, that we yeah. weren't laughing. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. was kind of cold. I'm like, oh, okay, I, did, I was gonna like. Anyway, here's the yeah. next.
<laughs> thank, thank all you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. Also, follow us on TikTok at Pigeon Hockey Podcast, on Twitter at PHH Official, or on Instagram at PHH Podcast to let us know what you think. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear crease.